Hello and welcome to From the Ground Up Podcast, a podcast where we discuss key doctrines of the Christian faith, all while keeping Christ as the cornerstone in every aspect of it. I'm Seth Bridgman, your host. Welcome to our show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to From the Ground Up Podcast. Again, I'm Seth Bridgman, your host. With me is Mason, Dylan, and Cody again, uh, the four faces that you will see well, not see, but hear uh, every episode. Now, we are going to try to have other guests on as the show goes on, um, but we will be the four um, reoccurring people that you hear from. So today, our episode is focused around creation ex nihilo, creation out of nothing. Um, so what I believe is another, and these guys believe as well, is another key doctrine of the Christian faith, uh, one that we, we really need to to tap out before we get into the other um, doctrines. So before we get started on that, you know, I like to, to start out with questions. You get to know us a little bit better and also gets to um, gets the conversation flowing and also gives y'all ideas for things that you could look into as well. One, this question today may not get a whole bunch of uh, feedback, but I'm going to start out. What are, well, I guess I can add this in and that will give us more feedback. What are some books slash blogs um, that you're currently reading or that you go back to quite a bit. Mason, you gave me a face. You started. The Bible does not count. The Bible does not count. The Bible. I like to read the Bible. I feel like the answer should be Jesus. Uh, <laughs> this is it, first grade Sunday school. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so. Hmm. You don't it's read, a, huh? I don't read a lot. I don't. <laughs> but I am currently reading a book, which I can thank Seth for. Um, but uh, I, I'm reading, um, oh goodness, Jesus Among, secular, Jesus secular, among yeah. secular Gods, secular. Um, which is a apologetics book by Ravi Zacharias and Dr. Vince Vitale. And uh, it's good. It's really good. I highly recommend it to anyone um, who wants to dig a little deeper into uh, the, the field of, or the study of apologetics or defending the faith. Um as far as others, um, you know, C.S. Lewis is a popular author. I like to, I've, I haven't read him in a while, but I, I like to go back and read him every now and again, near Christianity um, and the like. Um, that's a, that's about it. I'm not, I'm, I need to read more, um, but but the Bible also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, very, very good point. Very good point. Um, so I am a, uh, I, I read on occasion. I, I, I actually, I, I read quite a bit. I know, I know it's hard to believe, but I do read, I do read books quite a bit. Um, and as far as, uh, you know, I mentioned in the previous podcast that I really like John MacArthur. Um, and if you subscribe to Grace to You, uh, he'll sometimes send you some books. And so, uh, recently there is a book called One Foundation. I think that's what it's called. Um, and uh, it was I think it was probably released uh, later in the last year, but uh, what Phil Johnson did, he's the executive director at Grace to You. He compiled a bunch of notes from John MacArthur, from R.C. Sproul, from Steve Lawson, and all these different, you know, big name theological figures in today's day and age, and combined them all into a book. Um, and, and it's 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 really good. Um, and they were they were kind of all uh, geared towards, uh, you know, 
John MacArthur and John MacArthur's ministry and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, and then another, there, there are two books called uh, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God. And there's also, uh, that's by J.I. Packer. Um, he's a he's an English guy, and it, that book is, is really good. Uh, and then there's also the uh, book called Knowing God, uh, which is also really good. So, And then there's a whole other, I, I don't want to take up the whole hour or whatever, but there, there's, a, there, there's a whole, oh, uh, How We Got the Bible by Greg Lanier, that's really good too. But anyway, go ahead, Cody. Um... So, I don't read a lot other than just the Bible. Um, so, I mean, the only book right now that I'm reading outside of the Bible is, I mean, one of our churches reading in Pursuit of Holiness. Mm-hmm. And so, that I one mean, is very I'll, good. I highly, highly recommend that one because um, it's definitely challenging to to read through that and observe that. Because that, it's definitely very relatable to your life and, and, you know, how can we pursue holiness essentially and as you kind of read through it you can it helps you to identify areas of your life that you can um affect and change and it's very good at waking up um and so um so another thing and this isn't necessarily a book or blog i know like our last one we mentioned podcasts and stuff but i watch youtube videos a lot and the bible project has really good videos on youtube that um they can explain little snippets of the bible in an easy to understand way and have kind of like a you know they have an artist kind of draws up kind of like a cartoon kind of thing that goes along with it but it's it's um it's pretty awesome the way they kind of go through and can break stuff down sometimes so uh i know it's not a, a blog or a book but bible project has some pretty good stuff on youtube to check out so yeah I'm reading alongside Mason. I'm reading the um, the Robbie Zacharias book, the Jesus Among Secular Gods. Um, just finished the Life of the Church. That was a pretty good one. Um, secret idea, uh, secret battle of ideas about God. I think that's the name of it. Uh, it was it was good. I mean, I, it gives you a pretty good insight. Uh, it's definitely not among my favorite books, but it gives you a pretty good insight into like the the secular. Um, Religions, you know, atheism, pluralism, those sort of things. So it gives you a good insight in those and kind of helps define them. Um, I think we should all go back and read some old Puritan writings. Puritan writings are good. Can mm. I count audiobooks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's uh, a book. Mere Christianity. Oh, C.S. Yeah. Lewis, that's a yeah. really... I think everybody should read that one. Mere mm-hmm. Christianity. And I didn't realize... I thought Mere Christianity was like a book that C.S. Lewis wrote. But really, it's like during World War Two. Uh, Winston Churchill had C.S. Lewis give three broadcasts to the Allied forces to like bolster uh, them in the war, and that's what Mere Christianity was was those broadcasts yeah, yeah. Uh, to to the uh, British Army during World War Two. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is. All right, so uh, you find out that we're not readers at all, but creation ex nihilo. So we'll start out. Um, Mason, you want to take the first question? Sure. Um, so we're starting out with this this basis of um, of creation out of nothing. Um, so the first one we had was, do you think it is possible um, for someone to be a Christian and deny divine creation? I personally think that it is not. Um, in order to deny divine creation, God is the creator. And if you deny that about him, then what exactly is he? Um, it's one of his first, it, it is his first um, state of action in, in in the Bible in Genesis it says God created the heavens and the earth. It is this first action. It is his first 
the first thing we know about God is that he was in the beginning and he created. Um, so if someone claims to believe in Christ, um, but yet denies that God created the world or the universe, um, I'm, I'm not real. What are you believing in? <laughs> what are you believing? You're <laughs> believing in the son of, of who exactly? Um, and, and, and so while I say that, um, I feel like it is very easy, though, for for a a true Christian, especially in today's day and time, to have a lot of doubt about about the actual events of creation. I've met many, um, or at least a few, that that believe in God as Creator, but then have this twisted view of God created, and then evolution took place, or then you know something other than the biblical um, deism. Talking about deism, like God created well, and took a step back. Not, not, not so much took a step back, but well, I guess it would be that God didn't create the universe as it as it presently exists. Yeah. God created and science, in air quotes, uh, took over and evolution mm-hmm. took place, and and how modern day scientists would explain how this world came to be took place. Yeah, I, I've yeah. met some that that believe that that God made initial creation. But that initial creation doesn't look like what it looks like today. So they're 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 not they're they're kind of straddling that fence of not saying that God didn't create, but that he the 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 Genesis account didn't didn't take place as as it was laid out. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know I, I'm I'm along those lines of you know if you if you deny uh, divine creation, then you're essentially saying that. Something came from nothing. Mm-hmm. Just nobody set anything in motion. There was no outside force. There, there was none of that. It just, boom, happened. Um, which, from a scientific perspective, to tie science into it, that's completely against what what these air quote scientists uh, teach. You know, an object in motion stays in motion. You know, Newton law, Newton's laws and all this. Um so uh, it, it's not it's not possible for a uh, for a Christian to to deny uh, divine creation in in that. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm same boat, but uh, you know, not only in so Genesis, you know, one one talks about you know God created, um, you know, in the beginning God created heavens and the earth, and so goes into the creation piece. But not only is it mentioned in the Old Testament in John. Chapter one, it mentions it again, and so you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm-hmm. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it lays it out pretty plain and simple right there. Yep. And so, in in order for you, um, you know, I, I can understand like understand knowing Jesus and becoming saved for the first time, and then kind of figuring things out. But at some point. You should be getting that should become revealed to you, and, and that understanding should come to you before you to deny it completely, and also claim to be a believer in, in Jesus. Um, then you're not choosing to believe the full scripture of God, and so mm-hmm. and it's a very tricky line that you're mm-hmm. on. Yeah, right there. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're created beings yes. made in the image of God. My right. argument is, you say you're a Christian. And then you deny divine creation. Have you read the Bible? Yeah. Like, yeah. have you no more specifically? Have you read Colossians one, where it says that the entire universe was made through Christ? Like, without Christ, there would not be 
a universe. Mm-hmm. So, was there a, a Big Bang? Maybe. But I'm going to err on the side the same way that like Sean McDowell and Frank Turek and all those guys. There may have been a Big Bang, but I know who banged it. Like, there was a, there was a divine first cause. Mm-hmm. It's the, I mean, to me, it's the only logical way. Mm-hmm. That there was a, a a outside force that exists outside of space, outside of time, outside of creation. A creator to the creation um, that is different than us. It's the only logical it's the only logical way. I mean, and the, the reason why I come to that mainly is because we know scientifically proven that the universe is actually spinning down. You know, so we can say that, yes, the, the universe is spinning down. It's aging so anything that is aging has a start point. It's not infinite. Yeah. And if it has a start point, it has to have a first cause. The only logical explanation for a first cause would be something outside of time and space and matter itself, which would, in fact, be God. Mm-hmm. So moving on from there, uh, Cody, we'll mm-hmm. go to you for the next question. Is there significant biblical evidence for uh, creation, ex nihilo, God creating everything from nothing? So, with that, I, you know, I put some thought into that. And so, um, if you look, so the account of creation, it, it follows like a logical order. So, God created what was necessary to support life before he brought life into it, you know, kind of thing. Um, so, he didn't create Adam and then create Earth. And, you know, you know, he, there was a logical order to things. Um, and so... It's an accurate description of the origin of the universe and Earth, um, and so it doesn't. I know it doesn't break down like each individual type of species and plant because it's all kind of summed up together. But I mean, it, it the way it's played out, like God knew what He was doing. He wasn't just happenstance when all this took place. Like everything was created in an order for it to sustain itself after He created it. And so, I mean, in order for all that to just happen without divine creation um for that just just can't fathom that (laughs) you know so anyways that's kind of my take on it what about you Dylan? um well i just i go back to genesis one uh you know the bible the the bible is riddled with evidence of you know something coming out of 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 nothing you know there being a a divine creator uh and like you said you know everything was created in a logical order the earth itself, if we look at the earth, if it moves in the solar system, you know, forward a little bit, or if it moves back a little bit, if it moves forward, we'll burn up. And if it moves back, then we'll freeze to death. That's, that's amazing to me. And how, how on earth the, the human anatomy works. Like if, if there was one, you know, say that there was an air pocket or something that just so happened to get into your bloodstream, it could kill you and, and all this other stuff. It's just, it, it's mind boggling. You go on and on and on and on and on uh, about there being a divine creator and how none of this stuff just happened over billions of years. There's no way. There's not enough time. There's not enough time for all this to, to, to be able to, Populate mm-hmm. in billions of years. Well, apart from that, um, you mentioned Newton's laws earlier. The I believe it's the third law of thermodynamics talks about a system only gets more, only gains more entropy throughout time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a scientific law. Some order does not come from disorder. Yeah. Um, over over a course of time, a, a defined system will only get more and more chaotic and only lose more and more energy. Um, 
it won't gain it. Um, that's that's a scientific law. So to to say that oh, if we just give it enough time, all these things will no, all this matter will become less organized. Um, as far as biblical evidence, though, I mean, there's the account of the of creation all throughout um, <clears throat> the the Bible. We talk, we see it mentioned, um, and, and I specifically love uh, God's own words, Him speaking for Himself in the Book of Job, um, mm-hmm. when when he when he's kind of He's 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 answering Job. Job is called for him. When he's to, hammering him, yeah, yeah. 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 God is really hammering him. And what he's hammering him with is, is your loin. all the facts of creation. If you read, I think it's chapters chapters thirty eight through forty one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God talks about God. God's basically calling out Job's um, uh, inability to answer him and his. You know, you think you're so wise. Well, explain to me. You know, how was this created? Who were you there when you when I laid the foundations of the earth? That's when I what, set that's when what I set the me. when I set the boundaries of the sea, you'll come this far and no further. I mean, he's just yeah. he's laying it out there for Job, and he goes from just the foundations of the earth to the different things on the earth um, down to creation itself, like the Leviathan, which he talks about in Job, which is, is you know this cool cool creature um, that he talks about. And, and describes in detail. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think there is plenty of biblical evidence from start to finish um, of not only how God created this earth, but how eventually it all end as well. And he's also the sustainer. He sustainer. sustains yes. this yeah. earth as well. Yeah. Um, the, the earth wouldn't, like you said, you know, uh, uh, chaos, you know, it, it would be so chaotic without God holding it all together. Yeah, and you know I'm a I'm a nurse by trade, so I make my living off of helping correct anatomical dysfunctions. So in order to help correct anatomical dysfunctions, you have to know how anatomically people function correctly. And so when you study systems of the body, not I'm not even talking about ecosystems or habitats or animals or anything. When you study the human body and you see just the the this minute tiny details that cause the body to run and how if any one little thing I mean we're talking minuscule amounts of plaque cause death plaque in the in the arteries cause death I mean so small that you really can't hardly even see them and you see that that the bodies run that tight I, I get so confused when I try to say it because it's so intricate and so minute that they run perfectly and everything's set and fine-tuned to run that way. I, I just can't step back and say it was by chance. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was. It was an accident that it all happened. No, there there has to be a hand behind this painting. There has to be a hand behind this, but it doesn't make sense in my brain. Um. To see all these little tiny details, and for it to be by chance, there's no possible way. Yeah, you know, just like uh, oh, who is the guy that does the street evangelism where he talks about the book, and you you know you read the book and the the num the letters didn't just fall out of the sky. You talking about Ray Comfort? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, it's that stuff doesn't just happen. You stretch out DNA, and it's got more information than we've ever logged in the world. One mm-hmm. strand of DNA. That stuff doesn't just come out of nowhere. There has to be a creator behind it. There's no other logical explanation for that. And going back to what Mason said, you know, when he's talking to Job, he's like, you know, where were you when I laid the foundations of the of the world? And it's like, my gosh, how how incredible of a mind it has to be 
to create things with such intricacies and such detail um, as what has been created. Yeah. And in my, in my brain, there's just no way that it works apart from, apart from God. Yeah, you're right. I've heard it one time explained as like you take you take your watch, you break it down into all of its components, and put those components in a paper sack and shake it for so many billion years. And what are the chances that it's going to come out reassembled perfectly and on time? I mean, and that's just a watch. Yeah. And the components were all there, and we got according to the scientists, we've got none of that. We just have matter and and, and chance. Yeah. And that's just. How can you have faith in that and not have faith in a, a, a designer or, you know, a, a divine creator? That's yeah. so much, to me, it makes so much more sense. It takes, honestly, it takes less faith to believe that something or someone created this with a purpose and a plan mm-hmm. than random chance. Yeah. yeah. What, who is it? That, it's Sean McDowell that, that wrote a book, I Don't Have Enough Faith to no, Be that an was, Atheist. Uh, that was Frank Turner. It's Frank Turner. I Don't yeah, Have yeah. Enough Faith to Be, a, yeah. to be an Atheist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just... <laughs> And then we could, we'll get into this, I'm sure, a different podcast. But then the implications of that, the fact that if you believe that we're just here by chance, that really doesn't give... The hopelessness. That doesn't really give a lot of meaning for life. Yeah. And that's that's one thing that's been discussed in the book that Seth and I are going through, so I won't get into that. That It's for a different time, but just, just the implications that that has on... on the individual and society as a whole is scary to think about very negative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean to just, yeah, the thing that there's nothing to look forward to this. Yeah. yeah. We came from chance and chance is all we can aspire to. Yeah. 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 Man. So, um, Dylan, we'll start with you. Um, so what, what's your response to someone who says that they believe in God, but they also believe in evolution? Well, uh, my first uh, my first response would be, okay, well, do they believe in the correct evolution? Uh, that meaning, you know, there's there's two. I put evolution in two different categories. You have your macro evolution, which is on a large scale. That means species that actually change over time, which is not observable. You, you cannot observe that. Uh, and then there's also uh, micro evolution. In other words, micro evolution is just a fancy way of saying adaptation. Adaptation. Yeah. Um, you know, creatures, animals, plants, so on and so forth, adapting to to their environment. Um, from a Christian perspective, um, micro evolution is observable. That's actually what Charles Darwin observed whenever he observed all of his finches. They were still anatomically finches. They were just they had different adaptations on what kind of foods that they had took in and, and how they survived with their beak sizes and, and the size of their claws and, and, and stuff like that. And we and we can observe that today. Um, I, I'm a big duck hunter, so I use ducks, for example. Okay, So you have two different kinds of ducks. You have puddle ducks and you have your diving ducks. Well, puddle ducks can only dive probably six to eight inches under the water to get food. They're not equipped. They're, they don't have as much webbing in their feet. Their their muscles on their legs are not as strong. But your diving ducks do have that. They've adapted to that into into their environment, um, and that I believe that that, that that's biblical um, um, because I mean we can see it, um, and, and I think that's just another example of God sustaining uh, sustaining the environment and sus- sustaining human beings a resource to 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 enjoy. So. Yeah, I mean if like. I mean, Seth mentioned earlier, you taking a deep look into like an organism, 
and just seeing the complexities of it and everything just working perfectly together. I mean, it's it's undeniable to me that that there was a you know a divine creator behind it, um, and that it wasn't by chance. Um, you know, that being said, I think when talking about evolution, I think it would be doing God an injustice if we didn't say that He created things with the ability to adapt and to you know to change to you know fit whatever circumstance they may be in to survive you know god created it and he created it with an intent and a plan and so now for it to be like a macro evolution like you were talking about dylan yeah no i don't that if something's created it's because god designed it to be that way yeah. not because it you know morphed yeah, human, itself into humans something didn't new. come from a fish <laughs> right and yeah. so uh, some slime on the ground yeah and, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that, that didn't that didn't happen <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. I, from I, the reptile to the gentile. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Man, Man I, I stole that one from Frank Turek. I, I couldn't help it. So, on that note, um, yeah, I'll just let you go from there because I just lost all my train of thought. Now you said, sorry. Yeah, I, uh, macroevolution. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a scientific theory that's being abandoned by the the scientific community. I mean, there's oh, a yeah. there's a vast majority of the scientific community. Well, what is science? I mean, it's it's making theories and hypotheses off of observations uh, that you see. Is macroevolution observable? No. no. Has it ever been observable? No. no. So that's why you know it's not just we as Christians. I mean, a lot of the scientific atheistic community or agnostic community is abandoning macroevolution because it's just not observable in nature. Now, the microevolution, I believe that's that's observable. I, I agree with that. Adaptations, you know, I've, I've never personally seen it, but I've heard of, of medical instances where people have clogged arteries um, in their hearts, and their heart will, will grow a, a new avenue for blood flow to go uh, to keep itself going. I would I would put that under microevolution. Uh, or adaptation, but macro, no. And, you know, biblically speaking, when we look at Genesis, I don't think there's any question that God created um, creation in its fullness. You know, I don't think the Bible leaves any doubt that there was there had to be uh, evolution to take place. I think when God created man and woman, when God created the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and everything that creeps and crawls on the ground, um, it was in its fullness. You know, he didn't just create fish. And then he said, these fish will grow into bears. No, he said, I created fish. I created birds. They were separate. The next day, he created everything that creeps and crawls along the ground, which include insects and, and animals and that sort of thing. And then, of course, at the end of that day, he created man and woman in their fullness. I mean, they were distinct creations from everything else. So, biblically, if we're going to look at the Bible... Now, if you're if you're not a believer of the Bible, I don't know. You'll have to make those observations on your own. I would hope that you're a believer in the Bible, but biblically speaking, if you're a Christian, you have to look at Genesis one and see that no, there's no room for evolution uh, from a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just to to build off that, and I think um, Cody said creation in its fullness, um, and and that's kind of what I what I came upon is that if you espouse to be a Christian, a believer in God, but then also cling to this theory of evolution. Um, you're trying to put your eggs in two different, two completely different baskets, mm-hmm. um, and and you're taking away um, by 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 saying that you believe in the theory of evolution, you're taking away from from God His ability to create um, the fullness of creation. Um, mm-hmm. You're saying that well, you know, He kind of made it, but then it, it formed into its 
well, these air quotes here, but it's perfect form later. No, God created creation in its fullness. Um, and if, if that were the case, um, or if that weren't the case, you, you really have a, you have a, a creation that's, um, you have a cute, skewed concept half, of God. You have a skewed concept of God because you have a creation that's half-baked, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have this whole conflict of where did the soul come from? If you're a true mm-hmm. believer, you yeah. believe that people have souls. And so now do all animals have souls? Did the soul evolve? How can spiritual things evolve? You know, it's you, you, you really you are um, shortening or lessening the view of God as a creator if you believe that he created this this thing kind of halfway Mm-hmm. And then it, it let it, the rest of it figure yeah, itself out. It matured yeah. on yeah. its own. Well, was it the was it the Pope when asked the question about evolution? He said, "Well, God's not a magician. Like, <laughs> who are you yeah. to say what God is and what God isn't? You're a man. Yeah. You're a worm compared to God. So for you to say, well, God, it wouldn't be possible for God to do that. Who are you to say what is and isn't possible uh, for God to do? If we're going to believe that God's creator of the universe, that God spoke these things into existence." If he wanted to make them in his fullness, guess what? They're in its fullness. Right. Yeah. There's no argument about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so moving on from there, Mason, I'll let you tackle the moral uh, aspect of this whole conversation. What are some barriers uh, that cause people to, to deny God as creator or to deny a creator in general? It's pretty loaded there. That is loaded because I actually didn't take it in a moral way. I kind of took it in more of a cultural way. Um, I mean, it's not culturally acceptable. Although, actually, I guess it is becoming more culturally acceptable not to say that God exists, but Mm -hmm. to say that a... um, Something created it. Intelligent design is, yeah. the, is the phrasing that they're putting on it now. Yep. Um, that that there is this higher being. They won't call it God, but higher being or aliens. Uh, aliens, yes, aliens. <laughs> it was aliens. You said it. Um, <laughs> that, that well, because as, as the universe cries out for for creation, uh, the scientists aren't. I mean, they're not shying away from the fact that that it's just it's too complex. The system, this place that we live, is too. Um, it's too much to just be created by chance. There had to be some kind of design. So in, in the scientific community, this this idea, this of uh, this new idea, I'll put in air quotes, of intelligent design is coming back in, in vogue. Um, but as far as, as barriers to deny a creator morally, if, if you were created by something or someone, then you owe that something or someone. Um, the, the main draw behind the theory of evolution um, or, or what the theory of evolution and this this belief that life came from nothing and it's just here by chance leads to is is that people end up being their own gods, um, yeah. that we can define for ourselves what uh, our morality, what our acceptable terms with living with others um, and what our our meaning for life is, um, what what we what we choose to do with our lives is our decision alone. Because I'm just here by chance, and I don't answer to anyone for anything that I do, um, and that leads society in a very dark and a very. Uh, it leads us back to the days at the end of the judges, um, where. Each man did what was right in his own eyes, yeah. Yeah. and and that's where our society as a whole is heading. And it's it's a there's a hopelessness with that, because where there is no meaning and there is no 
purpose, there, there's, there's no hope. There's nothing um, to strive for. Yeah, there's right. nothing to strive yeah. for, and it leads to hopelessness and depravity. Yeah, it, well, it sounds an awfully lot like the, the Northern Kingdom, right, as we, yeah. as we were talking about yeah. in, in Sunday school. Yeah. Um, you know, people, people want to say that, you know, science gets in the way uh, of the creator, um, which I guess now we're kind of seeing that cultural shift of intelligent design, but still their the intelligent design is missing the mark. Um, intelligent design is basically a form of, you know, I guess a form of agnosticism. Well, I think it's that, almost like the, the deism. Yeah, like the, well, deism, like, you like know, the something. Greeks had whenever they had all their gods. And and then, you know, when Paul came and he's like, hey, I want to talk to you about the unknown god. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like that, you know. Yeah. It's like, hey, anything goes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, especially in our day and age, you know, it's your god. You know, you get to pick whose God yeah, it is, right? Right? Yeah. right? Because, you know, we live in the, the post-truth, post-modernism. But anyways, I think, it, honestly, it, it is unscientific to deny that that God created everything, right? I mean, from a, from a logical perspective, from a scientific perspective, God created everything in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. That makes sense, doesn't it? it? That makes a whole lot more sense than just saying, you know, whatever happens, happens. That's basically what, what everybody says. You know, it's like whatever happened, happened, and that, that's the way that it is. Um, and it, just to, uh, on top of that, uh, we observe that, you know, man, mankind is the pinnacle of what God created as well. I, I don't think we need to, I don't think we need to ditch that. Uh, but, Cody. So, so for me, I think as far as the barrier goes that caused people to not create her is because people are prideful. And mm-hmm. because of that pride, they, if they admitted that there was a God that created everything, then they would have to admit that there's truth behind this Christianity thing. And there's things that we got to do and change about the way I'm doing now and I can't do what I want. And so now, you know, so it's easier to just deny that he even exists so I can still do my own thing mm-hmm. instead yeah, yeah. of admitting that there there's that possibility and that, you know, oh, maybe heaven and hell are a real thing. And I don't, you know, it's just easier to pretend that it doesn't even exist than to admit that it does exist, but you're choosing not to believe it. Well, human beings are never wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're never wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never. Never. Yeah. So. Self-preservation, you know, trying to preserve the self. I, I think, I think you're right there. Yeah, I guess whenever I started this and I said the moral, I guess it's because I came at it from a, a moral, um, moral aspect. You know, if we're if we're going to accept, yes, God is creator, we then have to make the jump that not only is God creator, but He's also sustainer. Yeah. If God yeah. set everything into place, then God is going to keep it going until. He decides it no longer needs to go. Right. If we're going to accept God as creator and God as sustainer, then we have to understand that um, God's laws and God's order is supremely above ours. So with that being said, I think a lot of times uh, we deny God not because there's lack of evidence. Well, I'll go ahead and say this because I've said it a ton of times and I'll argue it till till God calls me home. I don't think people deny that Jesus exists because there's a lack of evidence. I think people deny that God and Jesus exists because they're too in love with their sin. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. I 100% believe that. You're you're too afraid of conviction 
or you hate conviction of your sins so much that if I deny that these things are in place, if I deny that there is a creator and that his word goes, that his law stands true at the end of the day, then I cannot make these decisions for myself. I have to pay him homage. And ever since the first sin, we become naturally bent against God. That, you know, the first sin of being pride, pride in ourselves that we want to be God so much that we're willing to do everything we can to throw him off the throne that way we can set up there ourselves. And so I think that's the main barrier is that people don't want to, one, give up their sin, but two, they don't want uh, anybody other than them to be the boss. And if you're going to say that God created everything, God's sustaining everything, guess what? God's the boss. And so they don't want to, they don't want to admit that. And also, if, if God created everything and said that it was good, why would he stop there? Why, why, why would he stop? Okay, well, it's good. Let's just, you know, leave it alone. That, that doesn't compute in my brain either. Hmm. You know, he would put, tend to it, see that it continued uh, to be good. Yeah. And, but, oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, I was going to say to that, I mean, God, you know, people try to put God in a box. And, and so in order for us to... <laughs> So uh, for you guys not listening, we've got these big boxes in front of us. And Thank so, Cody. Give away our secret. Anyways, uh, <laughs> theater of the mind. We are in a recording booth. Sure. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but we we like to you know thank God of a box, but God exists outside of time and space, and so. When you know God sees the beginning of something when He created it, He's also already knows the end process and the end goal, <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in full completion. And so, you know, I, that's me being a Christian for a, a long time now, and and believing everything in the Bible is true. It's still hard to fathom that concept that God's always existed. He exists outside of time and space. It's just, it's hard to wrap your hand around. And so, I mean, it does get confusing, and it's something that you just have to be, and we're never going to fully understand it. We only will ever understand the minuscule amount of knowledge that God (laughs) lets us understand. But, um, but anyways. Yeah, and then when you start, and I think a lot of people, they don't want to, they deny a creator because if, you know, they, they believe him to be, this just hateful, cruel, uh, murderous God. It's one thing to deny creation. That's that's a place we can we can work from. If you're denying a creator, but when you start characterizing God as evil and as unjust and as unrighteous, you're now falling into the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You're characterizing God and giving Him characteristics that are not His to carry. Well, I mean, if you, we can't work from that. It, well, if they're saying that there is no God, then how can they characterize a God that's not there? No, I'm saying that people that say, "Well, I would never be- if there was a God, I oh. would never believe in Him okay. because of these tragedies that that were were caused by His hand in the Bible." And look at these th- evil things that He did. When you start characterizing God as evil. There's, I mean, that's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there's nowhere to go from there. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to say that people are hopeless, but you're talking about the one sin 
that is unforgivable. I mean, this is the one sin in the Bible that says this. there's no coming back from this sin. When you hit that sin, it's the end of the line. We can work from, no, I don't believe that there's a God. But when you start saying, I wouldn't even believe if there, if there was a God, I wouldn't even believe in him because of how evil he is. There, we can't work from that point. Yeah. Um, so to, to wrap up this episode, um, you know, we've, we've kind of pitted science and God against each other. Um, you know, arguing the scientific viewpoint versus the Christian viewpoint. But, Cody, we'll start with you and then go around. Do you think that biblical creation and science are complementary of each other? I mean, obviously from a Christian perspective, science is a created thing and, you know, would not exist if God not had created things in the way that he did. And so for us to even have the concept of science, <laughs> you know, uh, so I, I think that, yes, um, if, if we're not using science as a way to combat God and prove, you know, that it, it was things weren't created, but it was done um, by another means. I mean, everything he's done, he's done in order and with intention. I mean, um, you know, like I said, we've talked about just the in- intricacies of like living organisms. Everything was set in motion in an order. And so for us to study and understand that, yeah, I think they can go hand in hand because it allows us to understand the order and the way that God created things. Mm-hmm. And so I think science is a, a way for us to to see how awesome God is by just mm-hmm. studying in depth the things that he's created. And it, everything that we study it should only give us a stronger conviction that we have we serve an awesome God. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I think the science that people look at today, you know, the whole evolutionary process, uh, intelligent design, and, and so on and so forth. You know, what people think today is, you know, air quotes, science and God, they obviously don't complement each other. But true science, true created science from the creator, they should that they should complement each other. God and science should ultimately uh, complement each other. Um, but unfortunately, with the, with the way that we have skewed you know, science and, and what science actually is. Unfortunately, they, they it doesn't uh, today. Um, kind of piggybacking off what you guys said, I, I believe that, as, as Dylan McKnight said, true science, basically that which can be observed in nature, um, the the study of, of created things and, and the systems that make those things up can only point um, to... Uh, a creator, and the more we learn and and discover about these things, the more intricacies. As Seth talked about earlier, how human bodies are knitted together, and how just the different systems inside are so fine tuned for life um, that that the more we look at the, these things, how can we not? How can it not point to the greatness of the creator? The more we understand. Um, uh, about about this world and about these created things and the universe itself, the more we can realize um, how great our God is. The 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 problem isn't with the science. The problem is with the perspective the science is put in, uh, put in or put under. Um, if we if we take all of these these scientific um, oh goodness findings that we've had in just the last couple hundred years, the leaps and bounds we've made in science, and we put them in the perspective, um, a a, a solid Christian perspective, how can we not glorify God all the more Mm -hmm. um, with with how much more we know about um, 
there, there's this argument in the in, in the book that Seth and I are reading called the fine tuning argument, which basically just states that the conditions required for life are so precise that the chances of it happening by chance are so minuscule that it's almost absurd to to say that that this this world and everything that's created in it happened by chance. The Greek, the ancient Greeks, didn't know that. You know, even British scientists in in the 18th century or the 19th century didn't know that. We only know that because of how science has so far progressed in the 20th and 21st century that we can look at at the way the world is created, our positioning in the universe, um, and, and know with with full realization. Not how lucky we are to be here, but how intelligently created we are, and how much thought and and just precision went into the creation of not just us as people, not just this planet, but this universe and how it all fits together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's just it, it's it's mind boggling um, to look at and, and and try to and try to look at that and say that uh, no chance. Yeah. It, it, it's almost absurdity. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think when you read the Bible and you see the characteristics of God and you see how how God acts, you see that He is a He's very much a God who loves order uh, and a God who acts in order. Now, are there supernatural things and miracles that He does? Yes. Why? Because He's God. But Almost everything God does, there's a reason behind it, and there's an order, and, uh, a natural order in which God progresses those things. And you see these major leaps and bounds that we've had, the discovering of gravity, you know, astrologically, genetically. You know, the, the, um, the main person behind the Human Genome Project, one of the greatest advancements in genetics, um, you know, he was a, he was a Christian. And... The reason why we have these leaps and bounds, the reason why we have these discoveries in science is because you have Christians who understand that the God that they love and the God that they serve is very much a God of order. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason behind these things. And they go and they find these reasonings. Why does gravity happen? Why? Because God put a a natural order to these things. It's not just because God threw it and hoped that it worked. No, he had a natural progression of these things. So when when we look at creation, we look at things around us as these things are in place because God is a God of order. And there's a natural order the way that these things work. Uh, it tremendously helps you scientifically because science is observing the order which God has placed and making observations on that. Yeah. Um, the, your theories and hypothesis is, is how God has made this universe work and click and move just like a clock. You know, the, each gear has to be in the right spot in order for it to all work. And God said it in that way, and we're just observing the way God put these things in place. That way it would keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. But yeah. that was, uh, so that was our last question. So I hope you enjoyed um, this episode. Of course, we will have, uh, we don't have it right now, but by the time we have this posted, we'll have our Facebook page. So if you have comments or questions, please post them on our Facebook page or in the comments of the video, or the not the videos, but the, the MP3s or however we, we post those, and let us know. Um, you know, have discussions. Don't have hateful discussions, but have discussions. That's the whole reason for this podcast is so that we can teach, help teach Christians how to have meaningful conversations about God and about Jesus Christ, our Savior. So thank you again for tuning in. 
we love you with the love of Christ, and we pray that you will love others in the same way. We'll see you next time.